0: Hello, and welcome back to Talking Ears. I'm Ben Hallett. I'm Steven Zenick. And I'm Alex Bradsky. Last week against Canisius was one of the most aggressive college hockey games I've ever seen. Our first game on Friday ended in a huge win, 6-2, and then our second game on Saturday ended in a loss in overtime, 2-3. Today we are joined by Coach Dave Smith. Coach, the games this weekend were very exciting to watch from up in the rafters. We had so many shots on goals and kept great possession of the puck. What are some things you take away from the game?
1: Well, I think you mentioned a couple of them. And first, the the continued elevation of our standard of play overall. Um, I thought we really dictated the flow of the game all night Friday. Um, and the best period of the weekend was the first period on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I also think that those factors led to um you know uh, canisius trying to pick up their game Um, we need to continue to play a mature game which means don't give them any reason to build momentum we took two bad penalties two penalties not bad penalties but two penalties at the same time gave them a goal to tie the game and then it that after that point it was pretty even game Mm -hmm. and I liked what we did but we needed to put that game away when it was 2-1 we needed to just stay the course and um, keep our standard high so a lot of good things a lot of things to build on Um, disappointed in the overtime loss but also a small asterisk that it's three on three and we talked almost the same thing about the the Saturday against Bowling Green, but yep. um, we want those to be wins. We want to find a way to win those games, but we're doing a lot of really good things.
2: Yeah, Has your uh, opinion of three-on-three uh, three changed at all since we last talked about it? I think we briefly brought it up earlier in the season, the first or second podcast, so have your your opinions changed at all on the matter?
1: Well, with the, the the detail that you guys put into the preparation, remind me first what my opinion was last time I mentioned to make sure I'm consistent <laughs> at least. <laughs> Meaning I don't remember what I said before,
2: but sure, sure. Well, I, you know, we said it's it's uh, here to stay, and it looks like, and um, you know, now that we've got it, there's not much we can do besides um, play play hard and and yeah. run three and and fight, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> you've you've got to play to win and I thought we did play to win Um, we tried to make a pass to um, attack the middle of the ice in the offensive zone that that did not connect and they got the puck and we never got it back Um, that was with you know minute and 22 seconds left when we turned that over and um, their their top scorer made a good play so it is here to stay and you know we just want to find a way to again attack properly which I thought we did um create some scoring chances safely and i thought we did and then not give up the big the big goal which which we didn't do Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i um i think we'll maybe talk a bit about it a bit more but um it looked like on uh in that overtime we were cycling the puck really well had good possession um a couple of really nice set plays charging the net that sort of thing and um yeah and, and and we steven and i talked about it a bit um in the three on three when you just you know, lose that puck possession, and they get one one step on you. And it's kind of kind of it, and they've got free ice ahead of them. Um, that's kind of what looked like happened. But the uh, the aggression in our in, the, in our three on three was was very nice.
1: Yeah, we we had, and it's not just about cycling the puck. It's about when when do you run out of good space, mm-hmm. and and hopefully our guys with the puck and without the puck can recognize if we're getting pushed into bad space. And we can just cycle back. We can go back into the neutral zone or even our defensive zone just to to make space. And that's what three on three is all about: is where you attack, when you attack, and how you attack together. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. And it seems like you know I thought that you guys actually played better during the overtime period than Kanishas did. Just the scoring chances you got didn't go to the back of the net, and yeah did. Yeah, their
1: their their top scorer made made a play, made a nice play to get around a guy and. Ripped it, ripped it home. And, you know, they. Uh, I, I watched how they played last night as well. They played Clarkson and, and tie 4-4. Four, four. They didn't have the puck on their stick until a minute and 20 seconds left. Oh. And um, they just, they were com- comfortable defending. And that's what you have to be comfortable defending. and uh, But we had the puck. We had chances. And like I said, we, not that it, that's the way it goes, but that's the way it went that night. So at the
0: end of the, the hard-fought first period of the first game, the score was 0-0 zero to zero for both teams. Um, yeah, both teams were looking really solid, and, but what happened in the second period that changed it all around that had a scoring left and right?
1: Um, I, th- well, the, the truth is I don't know. I mean, th- but the reality is we just talk about repeating excellence, continuing to possess the puck, continuing to threaten the net and be a threat. I thought there was a moment, it was about the nine minute mark of the first period. Um, we knew that Canisius likes to block shots a certain way and we, we went in with the one strategy to make sure that you know, we might pump and go around them. And about the nine minute mark, it was obvious that that wasn't creating offense. And uh, so we said, let's just, let's get pucks to the net. Let's get them on the short side so we can retrieve better. We're not chasing them around the end boards, short side of the net. And then fortunately and, and spatially, our guys were in, in good spots to, to bury.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we held, we had, we held control well in the cycle offense. Uh, would you say that is because our team's chemistry as a, as a whole is
1: improving? Um, it's part of it. I think the chemistry is part of it. Understanding, you know, what it. So, you know, you guys might call it cycle offense. We we can call it whatever we want, um, but we want all five guys involved, and that means spatially you have to be comfortable trusting a guy who's by himself at times and helping a guy who needs help at the right times, and um, that's your ability as a team to. Uh, impose your strategy and your will onto the other team. obviously they're trying to shut you down and they're trying to um, you know get the puck off of your stick. but for large stretches of that game, especially in the second period Friday night, we were able to work together to maintain possession and attack and capitalize mm-hmm
3: So before I get into my question, I want to give a shout out to John Beaton, Lori Surdy, and Jake Lee for recording their first collegiate points this weekend. Uh, And Surdy and Lee had their first collegiate goals um, as part of that. And also a shout out to Jack Agnew, who had his first collegiate point against Bowling Green, uh, which we missed last week in the episode. But uh, now for my question. Uh, The second game started out with RPI firmly in control of the play with 18 shots on goal in the first period in a 2-1 league, as we touched on before. Uh, And the momentum changed when when (laughs) you took the two penalties at the same time, including the five-minute major. Uh, So RPI was actually able to kill off the full two-minute, five-on-three penalty, but then Kandisha scored right after during the remaining uh, three minutes of the major. Was that an outcome you were OK with, given the difficulty of the situation?
1: Um, no, I don't want to give up any goals ever. Um, but I think we would have killed the five on the five minute penalty, or we would have killed the, the the two minute five on three. It's hard to do both. It's just it's there's so much momentum and puck possession for the power play team in those, those situations, even you know, it really put us on our heels. A lot of guys just sitting on the bench waiting for their opportunity, and the guys on the ice, we, we don't have—you don't have the puck for f- five minutes. So um, there's no good outcome um, other than no goals against. But the fact that they only got one, all right, well, let's let's take our medicine and move on. And at, at that point, that's where again, as a coach, I was probably hoping for a little better response immediately where we just took the game back over but we gave them momentum and allowed them to uh, they didn't they didn't seize the game but it was a 50-50 game or or close to a 50-50 game after that
3: right so that that was part of my follow-up is that you know the team wasn't quite able to get back the momentum to get back to what they were doing in the first period uh what do you think the team can do in the future to to get that momentum back after responding to that adversity
1: it's, it's a deep simple question deep question I mean there's so many little things it's win a face off it's finish a check it's put make their d turn and go back um it's just a lot of little things and and you know you want to do one great thing but if you can't do one great thing do a whole bunch of small things great and that will then build the momentum back up and we also have to be very comfortable in a game that either has back and forth momentum or they have momentum. So in that game, I don't think it was back and forth and I don't think they had seized it, but it was still up in the air who was going to, you know, grab the momentum and it never happened until the final goal. So we have to be comfortable in all those different scenarios where, you know, if we have it, we continue to be good. If they have it, we continue to be good. If is back and forth. We still play our game.
3: Yeah, and I think I think sticking to your game is obviously the most important thing because uh, you know, and we've seen it so far this season that when when the team's playing their game, they're very hard to play against, and, mm-hmm. and you know they can really be be problems and possess the puck crazy crazy good uh, w- when they're playing like that. Um, so. We touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but one theme of the team that we've discussed before is getting better every day and every week. Um, I think the team definitely looked better this week compared to last week. Uh, do you think the team and players are doing a good job of just trying to improve every day?
1: I, I, I sure see that. I see it every day and um, that's often measured with energy on a Wednesday morning or a Thursday or Tuesday. And our our energy is very good. Our our video sessions, they're engaged, they're alert, and our guys wanna be great. And there's competition for jobs. So everybody uh, is working to continue the improvement climb.
3: Yeah, um, and there are already some young players who seem to to take big leaps in just one weekend. I thought uh, John Beaton looked really improved from last week to this week. Jake Lee also looked great. Uh, We talked about Surdy last week. I thought he was even better this week. Uh, Do you agree that some of the young players now that they have, they're getting that experience, um, are already starting to take some of those leaps?
1: Yeah, I mean, those three guys you mentioned, I thought played really, really well. And, you know, the biggest challenge that I and we as a staff have is that we've got some other guys that haven't had as long a look. And, I mean, as an example, yesterday and today in practice, Henri Schreifels was terrific. He was really good and you know but has he created separation you know from the guys he's competing with has he created one of those obvious like aha moments where you say okay this is now his role and that's what they they that's a struggle for new players to to not only get noticed as a good player they've all done that but to create separation um, and often you need game action, but, uh, you know, like this week, Henri has done some really good things in practice, but now he's got to create some, some distance and some more separation.
3: Yeah. Um, so w- what do you think is the cause of some of the younger players taking leaps early on? Is it just the game experience or just getting comfortable?
1: Um, well, you know, uh, what, what comes into my mind, Stephen, is to ask you like, and and you're obviously intelligent, you're in a great challenging major, but when when did you learn to do math, (laughs) right? Was it on a specific day? Was it at a certain time? And the reality is, no. It's a foundation of learning. It's a foundation of of competitiveness. And so we we have the right people, we have the right characters, and they're competitive. Um, They get coached, all of them, and they want to be great. So I think it's just what you see is, a readiness for them to um to to be noticed to to make the right play to to do good things and and competition can drive these guys to an extremely high level
3: yeah we've talked about that before too where competition always brings out the best in the players and i definitely agree with that Uh, so moving on uh i thought you know the fourth line i'll say the fourth line in quotes uh because the fourth line of uh, Laka, Beaton, and Lee uh, looked especially strong this weekend. They they were generating scoring chance after chance uh, both nights, and they had two goals on Friday night. Um, and as we've talked about before, you like to have the depth to roll out four lines that can do damage. So how big is it when you have your fourth line rolling like that?
1: Yeah, I thought those guys played really well. I thought, uh, I think combined, they had between nine and 12 shots on net. Uh, they created but they were also very good defensively so that allowed us to just roll the lines and we weren't we weren't matching anything specific either forward or defense against our opponent last weekend and um, that's what we want to do because it is it is a very strenuous and and challenging physical physical weekend all the time so the more bodies the more we can spread the ice time out with good players doing good things the better it is for us over the long haul.
2: So moving on to a sort of different um, part of the game, um, we had a couple power plays uh, this this weekend. I don't I don't know how many and what our stats were on the whole weekend, um, but uh, what what sort of uh, adjustments do you think need to be made to our power play to have more consistency in the goal scoring?
1: Yeah, that's one right now that um, there's a lot of little tweaks happening, a uh-huh. lot of personnel subtleties and. Um, it does take a lot of time to get that in sync. Sometimes it happens naturally, but it um, hasn't happened naturally for these groups. So we're gonna continue to tweak it, um, probably create a third unit, uh, just to give you know a little bit different look because one and two aren't, aren't dominating on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the things that we've practiced, such as face-offs and recoveries and entries and, and things like that have been very good but our ability to um, finish the attack, right? If they take away their low play, it's, it's up, it's over, it's one pass, and we're all on the same page. We all see the same thing from different perspectives. And that just hasn't been there. Again, we got a big goal. Mashy scores first power play on the Saturday mm-hmm. night, just rips it. There's a great screen. We had a good back door. We had a good short side door. Um, all of those things were in play. So it's not a surprise that that we scored on it but there's other moments that maybe only three of the five guys are on the same page. And, um, it, it's just, it's that it is chemistry. It's, um, getting one mindset for five guys.
2: Sure. Sure. Yeah. So it's it's a matter, like, as you say, more, um, working together as a whole unit and, um, having those things click and just being, um, kind of, like you said, on the, on the same page, I think that's a, that's a good phrase for it.
1: Yeah. So Last week
3: we talked about uh, Laurie Surdy and his well-rounded play on the blue line, and I, I thought it was uh, funny how this week, you know, that well-rounded play helped him get a goal when he joins the rush, crashes the net, and then and then is able to poke the puck by the goalie. Um, and after the goal, I actually I could see he had like the biggest smile on his face <laughs> coming back to the bench. Like I could see all the way from where I was sitting. Uh, did, did you see that too? And uh, what do you think of the goal?
1: I thought it was a great goal because it started actually in our zone um, with the breakout he was the first one to touch a puck behind our net Um, he made a play another play up the boards bumped back to the centerman and then Laurie beat his guy up the ice so Jake Lee made some space um, beaten and and Surdy um, you know filled those lanes and moved the puck appropriately and as we came into the zone Laurie knew what he was supposed to do and drive the net and the play didn't connect but the puck appeared on his stick and he was able to bang it home Um, we often forget because we've been coaching them you know every hour every minute every day about growth and development Um, it's his first goal like he's so happy and we're so happy for him Um, no different than like when I told Jack Watson he was playing he just he lit up he's like this is my first college hockey game and you know, we, we can't forget the human side of these guys and the happiness that they feel. And we critique and evaluate. But it was such a cool moment for Laurie. And to see his smile fill up his whole helmet was pretty fun.
3: Yeah, so moving on to the team overall. The team overall is listed at 1-2-1, and one, but obviously the team hasn't lost in regulation yet. Does it feel a little weird that the official record is one, two, and one, but in reality, the team's winning percentage with the 55-40 weights, 45 weights for OT, is 600? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it does. It 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 feels really weird, and uh, we want to be rewarded for the right things. And I think our, our statistics defensively have been very good. Our 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 analytics, as we like to call them, whether it be Corsi, um, faceoffs, all those numbers look very good and it doesn't match the feeling when you look at one two and one so mm-hmm. um the reality is we want to be you know a big number at the beginning and low numbers after that Uh but you know there's still a lot of hockey to play that out that plays out and gonna be a lot of ups a lot of downs we just we gotta we gotta get those numbers going our way
3: yep well uh we thank you for uh, joining us for your time, and w- we'll see you again in a few minutes. Uh, now we're going to bring on senior forward Otto Vile Lebanon. We are now joined by
2: senior forward Otto Vile Lebanon. Ovi, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How does it feel uh, being back practicing and playing?
4: It feels great. You know. Uh Obviously last year was tough, but this year the start has been awesome so feels really good
2: yeah yeah and you guys are looking good out on the ice and uh, looking comfortable I'd say too
4: yeah yeah uh, everything is going going fine uh, practice are hard and it's good I, I feel we're getting better every day so that that's what matters Mhm. So you
0: have you played really well in both of your games you had a goal in each game from your perspective what was what was the difference between the first game and the second?
4: Uh, well, we we played actually pretty well the f- first game, and the second game start was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my perspective, we uh, we kind of get a little little too comfortable the second game at the at the halfway. We get actually a couple penalties there too, what kind of like makes it a little bit. But you know, uh, they found their their game in the in the power play they got, and, and we just didn't keep working hard enough they outworked us and and that's what happens if you if you get outworked in a college hockey you will you will lose games so
0: yeah yeah so uh what happened to the uh Lepin and Laka Herman line <laughs> uh, I didn't I didn't see it on the ice and what was what do you think coach's reasoning was for uh, splitting up the line
4: uh I don't know I haven't talked with coach about that but I think he just want to you know it's early season still he want to try different lines um uh, I think uh we played pretty well as everybody in w- with with our new lines. Uh, and the future, we, we will see if, if that line will be back. Yeah, that was
0: actually my next follow-up question there. I was wa- wondering how you felt about your new line. You, I think you guys played pretty well.
4: Yeah, I uh, I felt pretty good. Uh, I played with Bowman, Nick Bowman and Dubinsky, this weekend, uh, or the last weekend. I felt really good. Uh, you know, playing with, like, obviously, we have, like, everybody in the team is a really good player. Uh, Bowman and Dubinsky both are, like, really good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been here, like, two, three years. So the system and structure is already there. Like, uh, they know what they're doing, and, you know, the chemistry is is, is there. So it felt pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're a senior now, and you've been given the opportunity to play uh, another year by the NCAA. Uh, what are your plans with school and hockey?
4: Uh, well the plans right now is to uh, play this season here. Uh after that, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh I'm really uh I really like to use my year uh, eligibility and I think it's really great from NCAA to give the chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Overall for everybody uh <laughs> who suffered in COVID-19. Uh, uh but you know, uh let's play this season. If play well enough, uh maybe I will get a chance to uh, chance to have another year if everything goes really well, maybe maybe there's a pro deal uh Mm-hmm. never know yeah. never know so uh you know it's kind of just try to focus uh in every day every day and get get yourself better so yeah we'll see
2: yeah we'll see. yeah hope ho- hopefully you can uh pull something out there um so as a senior i'm sure a lot of the uh, other guys must be l- looking up to you a lot right so um is that a lot of pressure for you you think
4: uh yeah obviously when you get old uh, you get more power also, you, you can like affect more things here, mm-hmm. but also the responsibility is there. Uh, and yeah, there's, you know, a little pressure. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think it's, uh, overall, the senior class, we like, uh, kind of as a leaders, it makes us much better when there's a little pressure. Uh, but also, you know, I understood uh, when I came back here for fourth year, uh, and I will basically skip the junior year, uh, that you have to enjoy about every day. Mm-hmm. Uh and when you do that, guys are looking looking up to you, especially the young guys. Uh but yeah, there's uh it's it's different for sure. And I remember when I was a freshman I looked up every single senior. So mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Well so what sort of things are you trying to pass on to the younger guys?
4: Well I'm I'm trying to be myself, you know, uh try to uh, be positive, think about positive positive ways, whatever happens. Uh also like where I'm from like like it's hard working so basically just do do my stuff every, every day a little extra too you know like cooldowns, warm-ups mm-hmm. uh show that to the younger guys that even you already read the read, reach the college level it, it doesn't actually like you still haven't done like too much there's so much more to do and then it ev- and i believe it's come from hard working so that's what i'm trying to Get for these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure.
3: And, and you were named uh, an assistant captain. Uh, what did that mean to you to have the coaches and teammates put their trust into you like that?
4: Uh well, it's always a privilege to be part of the part of the captains. Uh, and we have many really good leaders in this team. And, and you know, basically, uh, guys picked me up there to be one of uh, one of those guys who get in, get to be part of the, the captains. Uh, It means it means a lot, and uh, especially the side from what comes from players. Uh, You know, always I have been along with coaches, uh, coaching staff, coaches. Nathan Goetz, Weber, especially. Uh, So you know, we have our own relationship. But the new guys coming in, like kind of like you asked before about like what I bring to the team, like that those guys actually trust me. It means me. uh, It means a lot, and it's it's a real privilege.
2: Yeah. So you, you did briefly mention um, the about the year off. So what, what what were you doing? What were you up to then?
4: Well, uh, uh, I went back home. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually played in like uh, Finnish third highest league. What is amateur league? They don't anybody doesn't get paid. Huh. But there, you know, uh, everybody who is like age sixteen to age thirty five in my teammates there. Uh, so I was playing with that team back at home. Uh, it's different type of hockey there, uh, but yeah, I practiced, practiced hard and tried to, tried the best out of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, year year was tough, but you know, um, I at least I was, you know, I, I could play with the team, so that was that was pretty nice to keep up the shape with, with playing yeah. and everything.
2: Were there a lot of other um, Finnish college athletes that were coming home that you were playing with too?
4: Uh, yeah, we, well, I I started to practice with like group of like two or three. F- we had four kids actually hmm. uh, who are who are from D1 hockey, uh, but I made my decision that uh, I wanted to play hockey even if it's like not that good level. Yep. Uh, and couple of guys actually went back to that came back to states and and practiced with like other kids, but yeah, uh, there was couple. But also many schools played, mm-hmm. so so I know a couple kids from example Penn State they came home yep. and then they left back. So. Yeah.
3: So, going to your goal on Friday, you had a shorthanded breakaway where you were able to get the puck through the five hole, and you actually had a couple goals exactly (laughs) like that last season too. How are you always able to pull that move off and and get the goal?
4: Well, that's a good question. Uh, You (laughs) should ask the goalies for (laughs) for playing NCAA, but, uh, you know, I guess it's not secret anymore that it's basically my go-to move. and yeah, uh, that's something what I really I'm really comfortable to do, even in a small pace um, uh, space. Sometimes uh, there's not too much time, but a little move and then a backhand. And also, I heard from the guys that it's much easier if you're lefty to do that, because goalies are gonna move their stick or something. I don't know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I don't really know. It's it's something what I what I have done like many years.
2: You Got anything else? Any any, any other moves you're working on, I'm trying to?
4: Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to uh, still go forehand to backhand and then top. So that would mix a little bit that, not a 5-hole anymore. Uh-huh. But I hope we will see one of those in, uh, in this season, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, 2 or 3. Yeah. I don't know. But
2: we'll uh, bring you back on to talk about it too.
3: All right, all right. <laughs> Uh, I also I saw on the replay that you were able to get some help from John Beaton with a, a little push of his stick. Did you appreciate that help there? <laughs> yeah, you know, when <laughs> you get old, uh,
4: <laughs> your legs are not moving that fast anymore. So uh, I guess John saw that and helped me a bit. And, and I was actually like, I fell it on the ice. I'm like, what are you doing, Beats? Like, <laughs> I'm fresh here. I'm like, okay. But yeah, I really appreciate that. And, and yeah.
3: So uh, as we talked about, you're from Finland and you grew up playing in Finland for most of your life. What do you feel the differences are between hockey here and in Finland?
4: Uh, yeah, so uh, I played my entire junior, or before I came here, I played in the same team, actually, my hometown team. Uh, and there's really play with the really good players. Uh, and I choose to come uh, in a... In United States and you know everybody was saying that the game's really different and you have to like adapt in the game and Everything but I think it went pretty smoothly uh, But biggest difference is obviously is the smaller eyes here mm. uh, and because smaller eyes you you don't ha- have that much time to pass But also, you know, you don't have to skate that like much because like there's not that much room uh, but right now like I think college hockey is, is really physical and really fast, and that's the biggest difference. I don't know is that a difference between Finnish and America, but like for sure that Finnish junior to, to college, that's like much faster, much, much physical, um, and you know, have to be, there's really good players every day playing against you, so there's no like days off basically. hmm
3: yeah. So h- how did you get into hockey? Is it one of the more popular sports in mm-hmm. Finland?
4: yeah yeah it's I would say it's number one, maybe not like the amount of people who are playing but the fans and and people live about hockey that's that's number one sport uh and obviously in Finland we have you know long winters there's like lots of it's it's cold there uh, lots of bond hockey and everything but i got into into hockey I remember watching my first game uh game in Espoo, where I'm from the pro team Uh, and I straight away I was like maybe four or five I wanted to get get playing hockey um, and I have a big big brother so me and him went the same time to hockey school and uh, that's how it started he he quit hockey after a year but I'm still playing (laughs) so I guess I was the lucky one here
3: (laughs) yeah
2: yeah. Uh, yeah so when did you start thinking about playing in the NCAA and when did recruiting start happening for you then
4: Um, well, I I started to think about when I was like 17, 18, uh, because like the where I'm from, Espoo, the big team went bankrupt actually, like the pro hockey team bankrupt. So I was thinking that I, you know, I want to do something like that was my dream. And now I don't have the dream anymore. And I heard really good things about my friends and their big brothers, how they went to college and played here. Mm And I also like I have always liked the school, you know. I don't consider myself as a nerd, but uh, I do like it more than my my friends in Finland
1: mm-hmm.
4: who played hockey. So I I thought it it would be great and great chance if if I would ever get a chance to come here and and RPI made it possible. So yeah, they they actually their RPI assistant assistant coach came came to Finland, oh, kind of right. recruit or watch guys like yeah. maybe there could be someone and. I guess uh I guess he picked me I don't know why never never talk about that but <laughs> we're, we're not
2: too upset about it yeah
4: me either that's why uh, that's why I ended up here
2: were there a couple of other schools recruiting you as well or?
4: yeah it's it's a little different when you uh, when you're only right. playing in Finnish Junior league there's not too many uh, schools coming over there and watch so basically most of the guys go USHL or NAL to play a year or two in junior hockey and then go to college mm-hmm. but yeah there there was a with RPI, maybe one or two, three schools who was like showed their interests, but like never really nothing like an RPI, so uh-huh. it was a really easy choice. And uh, you mentioned that it was
3: your dream to you know play for your hometown team in the pro league. Is that still something you would want to do in the future? Go back to Finland and play pro there?
4: Yeah, uh, obviously at some point I'm gonna go back home. That's that's for sure. Uh, but you know the. They don't have team anymore in my hometown, so my dream never was, you know, play just pro hockey somewhere. I always wanted to be the hometown guy who uh, who'll gonna be the captain, who was mm-hmm. gonna like, you know, they will like be that the guy was legend here. So, so now, you know, I don't know. Uh, I wanna, I wanna stay in States as long as possible because I think uh, this is where hockey, hockey is and this is where the hockey, hockey is like, you have the biggest chances to, you know, obviously the dream is going to NHL, but if if you want to play really high level hockey here, like you can always go back home. So that's like good for European guys; they can always go back home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, kind of random question here: Do you have any uh, pre-game rituals or good luck charms?
4: Uh, I have couple. I also switched things. If I play really well, uh-huh. that might there might be something what comes to my uh, pre-game ritual in that day. Uh, But I also, I have one of the, like, kind of like, not energy drink, but one kind of a drink, uh, what I actually order from Finland. Uh, So I have one of those in game days. Uh, I also wear my left side of the gear first. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like to, uh, like, tape my stick in a game day. It doesn't matter when, but also always white tape. So nothing really, you know, big, but these small things. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you... uh Orders, especially from Finland, that you, that you like really miss. Oh, uh, this uh, this is a really good question because I love sauna, <laughs> so yeah. I'm really missing that. Uh-huh. Uh, you guys don't have too many saunas here. We have it in every house in Finland, wow. so <laughs> yeah. so that's what I miss the most. If we don't count, you know, family and friends. Sure, sure, yeah, of course, that's good. Um,
2: yeah. So your your former teammate Corey Babichuk is on. Uh, is, he's on UVM. Um, are you looking forward to playing against him and, and seeing him this weekend?
4: Yeah. Uh, you know Babs, uh, how we call him. Uh, great guy. Played mm-hmm. with him a year here, like you said. Uh, and they also have a uh, Scott Moser there, or or right. Coach Moser, yep. old assistant coach. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's always fun to kind of play against your your friends. Uh, but like I, I listened to what Rory said about De Grande. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> don't really uh, you don't really like kinda notice them on the ice. Uh, but you know, after or before the game, nice to like say say uh, hi and like what's up, how's mm-hmm. everything going? Uh, but yeah, there's uh, there's now it's a unique situation where there's like actually teams where your old teammates are because of the last season basically, uh, mm-hmm couple guys left, so I, I really look forward to see uh, Babichuk and it was really good to see Di last weekend, too. Yeah, y- y- you didn't see uh,
2: see a lot of him on the ice. <laughs> <so>
4: <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if you're listening, uh, thanks for uh, coming. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's
2: unfortunate <laughs> what happened. Yeah,
4: but a uh, great guy. Yeah. Um.
3: Uh, thank you for coming on today, Otto Vila, and we look forward to seeing you and the team continue to play well.
4: All right, uh, t- it was my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, and let's uh, let's meet again after the one of the backhands yeah, at the top. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: definitely, definitely. We'll be All looking right. out for it.
4: All yeah. right, thanks.
2: Thank you. We now welcome back Coach Dave Smith. Coach, this week you only have one game on the road at UVM, with UVM not coming here until December. Um, is there a reason you chose to split those games up rather than doing them in the same weekend?
1: Uh, There is and I think it's it's twofold. One of them being we wanted I wanted our group to play every weekend, especially early and uh, coming off a pandemic year where we didn't play. I didn't see the benefit of having a weekend off. Um, Our guys are full of energy, full of life and want to play games. So I, I understand the purpose of an off weekend, but let's go play um also the time after christmas we have the opportunity to play army west point and um you know there's just not enough days in the schedule days after christmas before the start of the ecac schedule to get all those things in so after christmas we'll come back we'll practice three times and then go play at vermont and then you know a couple days and then we'll go play at army and um it's just not enough not enough days in the calendar there so those two things really um put into effect the the way the schedule ended up as as well as there's a lot of reasons to play Vermont old ECAC team um, good friends with their head coach coach Mosier's there Um, there's good synergy between the programs the same as there is with Canisius Um, and it only makes sense to to play those people because um, RPI hasn't played a lot of Canisius but the Vermont series they're so close and they're a really good group of people Um, they want what's best for us when it's, when, you know, when we're not playing them. So it's a good, healthy rivalry.
3: Yeah. You've mentioned before, um, that you're good friends with our head coach, uh, Todd Woodcroft. I'm curious how you actually know him, uh, since he never coached in NCAA hockey prior to taking the UPM job though.
1: Yeah, I think it goes back. Our first interaction, (laughs) I'll just say it was a long time ago. I'm not even sure how long ago it was, maybe I'll say 15 years. I'm not sure um, him and his brother, Jay, who's the head coach in Stockton, who was a longtime assistant in in Detroit and some other places, Edmonton. Um, we all worked uh, through a mutual friend named Mike Googless. Uh, we would do coaching clinics in Ontario, in Toronto, and both Jay and Todd Woodcroft are from the Toronto area. So we just did them together. and. And often what you do at those clinics, is you sit and you watch other presentations, and then the coaches, you know, shoot the breeze after. So um, there was a real good synergy and a connection. I really liked what they were talking about and how they were presenting, and and I think they had a mutual respect for what I was doing. So um, also then through that, uh, Noah Siegel was our director of hockey operations. Um, He started for me at Canisius. Again, I'm going back. I'm not sure that'd be four, six six or seven years ago. I'm trying to do the math quick. Um, but that was based solely on a recommendation from Jay and Todd Woodcroft. And, you know, so then that brought the the whole, so that the families closer together. Um, and then you just stay in touch through the, you know, through the recruiting world. Um, Todd was in Winnipeg, Jay was in Detroit, Edmonton, and now Stockton. Um, you just, you just stay in touch, but that's how it started. And, um, I know that I, I talked with Todd prior to him getting the job and prior to Scott Mosier going up there. And really, it's there's people that you find that respect for and that ad- admiration and um, competitiveness with. And now I'm, I'm looking forward to, to playing against this team.
3: Yeah, that's cool. I guess that wasn't something I'd considered. Usually, you think the connections only really come from coaching together or, or playing against each other. But I never really thought about all those coaching clinics that happen where, you can gain so much knowledge from them i'm sure
1: there's something interesting that there's something sorry to cut you off but there's something interesting that we've done here at rpi we do so i started it at canisius it's called coaches with coaches so we invite coaches from every walk of life men women major junior pro and i'll usually bring in you know different speakers we've had ken clee come in who's mason's father Mm -hmm um who played a thousand games in the nhl coached in pro hockey we've had jeff ward the head coach of calgary come Um, lindy ruff spoke at one time Mm -hmm. so we do that and it's a it's a format that allows information to be shared in a in a we do it on the on the floor of the rink um, and relationships to bond and um, i've watched how not only my network has grown but many other networks have grown through that experience and I mean, we've had as many over the years. I think we've done maybe eight or nine of them. We've had as many as 95 coaches at those things. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's a networking opportunity. We all want to get better. Um, and it, it's a great experience.
2: Yeah, so you said, you, you know, any any coach from any program comes, do you usually see like a bulk of like um, collegiate or just it, it's really always a mixed bag? It,
1: it's um, it's. I'd like to try and give an analogy to some of these things, but if you were going something to something that you know is really cool, mm-hmm. somebody's got to put themselves out there first. So let's say that was you. Well, if you go once and you had a good experience, you now bring your buddies. Says, hey, Ben, Stephen, we got to go to this thing. This was really cool. And so I, I really um, I go out of my way to to, to, to bring in young coaches because um, I want to keep learning. I do go out of my way to bring in coaches that are maybe not in my network by just making calls and giving them opportunities to present to a group. And it's intimidating to some people to have NHL coaches and college coaches sitting in the audience. But um, it's really, I, I invite everybody um, that that is, in, that is in coaching. And it's, uh, in some ways, it's disappointing that we've only had max 90 people because I believe the, the talent that s- presents at it um is is worthy of the four five six seven hundred but um that's okay it stays very intimate and we learn and um like i said we've had women's coaches men's coaches d3 d1 pro american league east coast league um kirk mcdonald who played played here uh um, andrew lord those guys have given presentations it's uh it's a lot of fun
3: yeah just another reminder too that hockey is a pretty tight knit community Mm -hmm. You can, usually, you can usually make connections with really anyone um, just because of how, how well people tend to know each other. So getting back to UVM, they're in the midst of a rebuild in their second season under Coach Woodcroft. And they're, they're th- 0 and 3 so far, but they've been a competitive team and just been unlucky. Their Corsi's actually 57%, which is really good. And they've done a good job possessing the puck. What do you expect to see from UVM, and would you agree that they're a better team than the record indicates right now?
1: I, I do believe they're a better team than the record indicates. And, you know, Quinnipiac's a very good team. That's a 2 nothing loss. Um, they lost to Colgate, which, you know, played very heavy and hard against them, um, you know, with an overtime overtime win there. So um, I, I, ex- I expect this to, to be a really challenging game. In their building, they want to get off the – over train and uh you know I, I i believe we can go in there and, and get a win but i also believe it's going to be very challenging
0: uh which of those three games they've had so far in their season do you do you guys think you'll take in with most consideration when preparing for them this week
1: all of them all, all of them, them? yeah we, we we'll watch them all there's no one weighted more than the other but when you when you watch them um you start to see trends so let's say against Quinnipiac, they had a lot of D zone face offs. Mm-hmm. So we might pull five of our nine D zone face off clips from Quinnipiac um, just because it's the most recent. But if it's the same face offs in all three games, then we just pull two or three and, and, and we can run with that. And, and all the situations would, would be the same. So um, we're looking for trends. We're, when we pre scout, we're not looking to say, okay guys, This is what you have to do when Mm. we're looking for situational awareness um, an understanding of what our assignments are and then the execution of what we do to put them in an uncomfortable situation. But we have to first be aware and that's the purpose of the pre-scout.
2: Yeah. And then, um, you know, we were talking about Canisius and how, uh, you, you mentioned what we were doing in the first period wasn't really working against Canisius and we changed it up a bit put put more more pressure on the goalie and then that that seemed to to work for us so um, I'm sure there's a, a bit of that to um, kind of adapting mid-game right
1: yeah there's always always tweaks and adjustments but you know sometimes you got to be careful that you don't have the unintended consequences where you you make one tweak and it affects three other things that you mm-hmm. didn't you didn't see them being connected and it's important that what we practice you do in the game and the other teams trying to do the same. And sometimes those match up well and you get wins. Sometimes they, it, it's hard to make those adjustments.
2: Uh, do you expect to see some more overtime play in the, the well, <laughs>
1: We've had 75% of our games go to overtime. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen all year. But right. um, college hockey's close. And uh, no, I'm really proud of that number. We've given up only two goals every 60 minutes. And uh, I don't like the two in overtime, but mm-hmm. um, we, we'd like to be two or under, and in our, in our 2.2 really is the g- statistical goal we have. Um, so I don't see the overtime trend continuing, but if it does, hopefully we can get on the right side of it.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. On that uh, same topic, is there anything specific do you think we might have to do in practice to try to try to win one of those overtimes?
1: Put the puck in the back of the net. Um, I thought we attacked. We touched on a little bit earlier. I thought we attacked open ice very well. Um, I thought we possessed very well. I think in the overtime against Canisius in four minutes and 16 seconds, we made Mm -hmm. two mistakes. Um, One of them cost us a goal. One of them cost us a two-on-one that our effort saved us. Um, I don't want to say, but that's what the purpose of three-on-three is. Mistakes cost you um just made a couple mistakes didn't cost them right so we just want to keep doing good things uh, keep threatening the net together um keep 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 our game plan sound but try to win and not lose
0: yeah i hope that turns around for us for the next time we get in that situation yeah uh so this is our first official game of the season on the road How do you think we're going to do with not not having the home ice advantage for our first game in a couple – first time in a couple weeks?
1: You know what's interesting as a coach is um, we have not been matching up lines here at home, a a little bit but not much. And when you're at home, you get the last change. Um, Now that we're on the road, um, if other teams are matching against us, we have to be prepared for that, right? So um, I I love baseball, watching the – You know the Dodgers game last night and how you know the Dodgers wanted to control their the pitching changes Mm. rather than have the Braves control the Dodgers pitching changes and all through that game right I think they used seven pitchers through the eighth inning um, all controlled by the Braves attack so it was a reactionary play by the Dodgers to use all those pitchers then the batters got hot they take a 6-5 lead and they got game control back, and they put their closure in, and they strike out the side in the ninth. Same idea with line changes, right? As much as you can control the matchups and the flow of the game, that's a good thing. But if you're not, you've got to be prepared to still do good things. But I don't know if you're ready for the baseball comparison, but <laughs> I was watching it last night just thinking about that. I mean, as much control as you can have over the way the game is played and your team is playing, the better.
0: Yeah, I like that analogy.
1: Yeah, if you're a baseball fan if you're a baseball
2: if you're a baseball, mm-hmm. baseball fan and and yeah I, I actually uh i play volleyball i play club volleyball here and so I, if, if we're going with baseball analogies i can give a volleyball analogy yeah um mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh it's the same thing you know if, if you're uh receiving the serve in volleyball um you might get kind of caught up and lost in in their aggression yeah. kind of the other team forcing you to change your own game and and yeah that's kind of like playing off the back foot not not a position that you really want to be in and you want to have it where you're making the yep. changes and those changes are in your control. So, you know, I think the, the similarities between sports are, um, you know, are there definitely.
1: So yep.
0: Yeah, this uh, this weekend I really liked the uh, the aggression fr- uh, that we presented in the game. Do you think we're going to be able to keep that up uh, away from home?
1: Well, I hope so. This is your sophomore, right, Ben? Yeah. So, I think the question is for the veteran guys uh, of the table of, Um, what they've seen in the progression of our team. And so far, um, I still see our program getting better for quite a number of years here. Mm -hmm. We're not the the full complete vision of of where I think we can go, Um, but we're way more aggressive together than we were even in 2019, 2020. Um, And to the start the season right now, is arguably the best our team has been at this point of the season in my time here at RPI. So we want to continue. I I don't want, and the way I coach and the way we practice, I don't want any shots on net against. I don't want anybody to have the puck other than us. And, and, you know, there's all but one delicate situation where, you know, maybe two where we're in an aggressive mindset. So uh, I'd like to see that keep growing and, and, and hopefully, you know, Stephen has been around a long time. Has seen that growth will continue.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can definitely talk a lot about um, the growth over the the time that you've been with us, and a lot of changes to the team, and always in the positive direction. Um, so as as you said, you know, more more positive changes hopefully to come and keep growing. That's what we like. Um, for this season, though, we've uh, now got five games under our belt, and our first road game is coming up. So, do you think with with that experience, um, is the team starting to kind of settle into a certain style of play? Or do you think um, this is still you know, too early in the season to really kind of say anything and we're gonna continue to develop and change?
1: Well, I think you're seeing a style of play uh, settle into. It's a puck possession game. Mm-hmm. I think there's two areas that we can get better immediately. And, and one is just breaking the puck out cleaner, more consistently. And the other is a little bit better spacing offensively. And I would describe that again. You know, I like analogies, but um, we all have a deck of cards. We all see something that's thrown on the table and we all pull the same card out at the same time. So we see this this card being played and simultaneously we all play a Jack, right? Right now I'm playing a Jack. You're playing a Queen, which isn't far off. Steven's playing a King mm-hmm. and Ben's playing a nine, right? once we get on that same page offensively you're going to see the depth I think start to come out and we're just again we're a little bit there's a little bit room for improvement in that synchronization if you will and you can't synchronize it because it's such a fast moving sport but we want us all to see the same thing so if I'm screening the goalie we know that the next that we can shoot or we can the next guy can pass off and um, we're, we're close to it and, and you saw it really click on Friday night with mm-hmm. six goals um, all different st- all different styles a face off goal a rush goal a shorthanded goal an empty net goal when you do that stuff and you, and, and you know you're clicking you can score any different number of ways
2: yeah yeah we, we didn't really talk about that shorthanded goal um, a lot I think it <laughs> at least needs to be mentioned like you said, and we had Ovi on and we talked a bit about the the move he put out there um, but yeah, it's a great, great to see a shorthanded goal, and great to see the diversity in goals as you're talking about.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely.
3: He said next time he's gonna try and put it top shelf, and and we told him, <laughs> we told him if he does uh, gets one top shelf instead of five hole, well, we'll bring him back. Yeah. On. All right. Yeah. He's <laughs> been
1: asking. He's been wanting to. You guys have created a a, a desire for to be on here. They all want to get on.
3: <laughs>
2: we're we're excited to have them on, and they're they're always great. They're always great. Yeah.
3: So s- similar to last week against Canisius, you also have history with many individuals at UVM. You're good friends with Coach Woodcroft. Uh, Coach Moser just joined, as we as we talked about. Uh, and Corey Babichuk transferred to UVM in the spring. Are you also excited to reconnect with all of them and compete against them like Canisius is it also type the type of thing where, you know, during the game, you, you're focused on your own thing, but then after the game, you know, you'll get together and get to chat and spend some time.
1: Yeah, and, and even just to touch on the Canisius thing, like Dan DeGrande was with us three years, and unfortunately, he got he got a major penalty on Friday and got kicked out for Saturday, and uh, th- that's just disappointing, because he was so excited to come back, and I know after the game, he gets to, you know, chat with his buddies, and um, see each other, but it'll be the same. I I wish the best for those guys. And I want nothing but the best for coach Mosier and, and Corey Babichuk. They spent time with us, but, um, we want them to succeed in their bubble when it's not matched up against ours. And, you know, when we watch their shifts and Corey's playing the other night, he played 29 minutes. I mean, he's, he's important to them. And, you know, once I knew that Corey was lost to RPI, um, you know i don't want to say i had to convince todd because todd knew how good he was coming into vermont but i said todd he's going to surprise you he's, he's really he's he can do everything and he's an excellent excellent player so it's nice to see that early on there he's been recognized with minutes and we want we want the best for those guys if they can't be here then let's wish them the best
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah definitely well we thank you for coming on again this week coach uh, we, we talked about a lot had a had a great conversation Good luck this weekend at Vermont, and we can't wait to see how the team plays and talk about it again next week.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Can you guys continue to do a great job? Thank you. All
3: right, thank you.